everybody, and welcome back to everybody's favorite youth baseball podcast, The Clearing the Bases Show, featuring Coach Jimmy, Phil, and Jerry. I'm David Friedman, and I want to thank you for coming along this journey with us as we talk about all things concerning youth baseball. How are we doing today, Coach? Doing good, Dave. How about you? I am fantastic. So today's show is a continuation of what we've been talking about. We had so much fun and gotten into so many different topics talking about travel baseball. We decided to turn it into a two-part show so we didn't uh, burn everybody out with a little too much time in one shot. So let's get right into part two. So the third base coach is telling him, listen, take a lead. And when a catcher comes up to throw it back to the pitcher, <laughs> you take off the home plate. Okay. So uh, yeah. oh, why are we teaching kids to do that? Why? Because you want to win? That's not real baseball because at the older levels, you try that and that ain't going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, so second you turn, advantage the, second turn, the second you turn 13, try that. You know, the yeah. second you're on the, the 60, 90 field, try that and, and, and you're done. And now you're taking these kids as like, oh, oh, he's, he scored you know, 50 runs last season. And this, yeah, this season he's going to score two because right. uh, all those little tricks and stuff that you taught him, he's got to forget it all. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I that, mean, to, oh, God, to, I forgot. I forgot about that stuff, man. That oof, you just oh. brought back some some nightmarish memories for me of yeah. uh, pulling my hair out watching coaches do that stuff. I I actually years ago, um, I, I again I took one of our our like I think it was our twelve year old team might have been our eleven or whatever it was, and we were playing a game and a coach did that. And I looked at him and I said, "Are you serious?" I said, "That's what you teach your kid." I got, I got upset because mm-hmm. you know it, it's just. You know, not so, and he goes, he goes, coach. He said, I didn't do that. He said, he did, he took it upon himself. And I looked at him and I just started laughing because <laughs> what am I going to say to that? You, right. the, the kid thought of that all on his own. You didn't teach him that. <laughs> and clearly, he was in the middle of correcting the, the kid when you said to the coach, right. Yeah, right. No, no, no. Okay. Let's on the odd chance he's all right. Maybe he personally didn't teach the kid that. He obviously was taught that. And you're right. allowing it. Right. And when when you allow a kid to do, we all know this. When you allow a kid to do something, that's encouraging it. Well, that's the I, same I, exact I'm, thing. I'm I'm glad you said that because ask any of my players, any of them, my travel players, my high school players, they hear me say this until they really they they probably want to throw up. And you are what you allow. Period. The end. And I talk about myself when I say that. I say, guys, the reason why I want you to do this is because I am what I allow. If I allow you to do it, then that means that's what I am. And that sums it up in, in, in a nutshell, what we were just talking about. That's great. I, I, I love that. I love that for teaching kids. I know, I don't think I've ever heard that before, so I'm probably going to co-opt that. Uh, yeah, I mean, for myself, believe me, I, I co-opted from somebody. Yeah, else. somebody. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but to, to kind of, like to, to kind of sum this, this, you know, age thing up, and I think it, it kind of puts it in perspective is that early competition for the elite player actually will, will probably impede their player growth unless they're being, they're being developed the correct way. All right. So the, the competition is good, but it has to be, and again, this is at younger levels. It has to be development first because if you put kids that you're not developing into a situation where the competition is stiff, 
and you're not developing them correctly, you're only going to hurt the player. That That's the only thing that's going to happen because the player is going to lose interest. He's going to, you know, lose his self-esteem. He's going to, there's just a million bad things about it. So just because you're, you're competing, um, even with the, with the better skilled players at younger ages, it does not mean that you're making them better players. And I hear that all the time. Well, you want to play better competition because it makes them better. Well, to a certain degree, I'll agree. Yes. Okay. It does. But if you're not developing those players and you're not practicing with them and teaching them the basic part of the game so that you could see how they implement it during a game, then it's not. It's not making them better. No, of course not. You could you could take a kid, a thirteen year old, and throw him ninety mile an hour fastballs for eight weeks right. straight. It's not going to make him hit the ball any better if that's all you do. Exactly. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 working on the fundamentals and getting the bases and getting them up to you know it's it's almost like I mean, you need a graduating uh, steps in terms of okay first let's see if we can hit sixty okay when we're going to develop that then we're going to go to seventy then we're going to go to eighty right. and on right. that yeah so yeah you can't take a team of kids that are just that just want to play but aren't necessarily that talented and just keep throwing them into these other situations. Yeah. They're going to hate it. They're going to absolutely hate it. So, uh, and they're not going to want to play and all that stuff, but, and that's where we're kind of, it goes back to what we were talking about last week, where those are the kids that have to play little league baseball. You know, they have to be little league baseball. You, you, you take this kid. uh, One of the other topics that we talk about is kind of the the specialization. um, And there's two things, one specialization of sport, which we, we, uh, at the early age, we don't like of where all they're doing is playing baseball because they're playing 11 months out of year. So when are you doing anything else? Right. Um, there's also specialization of position, which should not be happening that early either. Um, right. I, I can, you know, I, I, I can remember a kid not doing the right thing in terms of getting down in front of the ball on a ground ball. And the coach yelled out, eh, that's okay. He's my center fielder. <laughs> I was like, wow. At nine, huh? He's that's it. He's he's locked in. He's never going to play infield. He's not going to catch. <laughs> just going to play center field. Okay, uh, that's something. I yeah. guess that, that's 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 a way to go. Um, well, so, well, we had, we had made mention of that. You know, at that nine years old, the kids should be playing every single position. Yeah, they they got to get a taste. They got to get a taste for what's going on out there, and 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 just like what what it used to be in 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 little league, your all star team was made up. Of, say you had ten teams in your little league, which probably doesn't exist anymore <laughs> back in the day. So your all star team was essentially ten shortstops. Right. Right. Yes. Well, okay. Now who's playing? Now who's playing? Who's playing center field? And who's right. playing first? And you know all that stuff. So uh, you probably had a catcher or two in there. But um, yeah, no. I mean that's that's the thing. These kids they need to be moved around. A, it keeps their interest, and B, it makes them a much more well-rounded athlete and sure. player. Uh, so a lot of what we've talked about here is getting into it for what is what is what is the whole purpose of playing travel ball. And what is the goal of the organizations? And and we've talked a lot about it already in terms of is it about developing the players or is it bringing home those bringing home those those trinkets? And one of the things that we want to get into along those lines is also the the parent involvement, okay, and how that impacts these travel teams and what happens. And you already told this is not a direct story but we've seen this a hundred times over the years where 
kid's barely playing on one travel team or he's not the starting shortstop and dad thinks he should be. So what does he do? He goes and starts his own travel team and now his son's the shortstop. Uh, There can be some good that can come out of that. If the kid is a second tier level player and now he's going to get more reps at the position and if the dad is working on coaching him up and getting other coaches involved that can coach him up uh, because we have, we've both seen sometimes a lot of times it's harder to coach your own kid than it is other kids. Absolutely. I've seen it. I mean, I, I, I'm going to jump in there for a sec because it's yeah. a million times. And I have told parents, um, you know, they might have coached him when he was younger and they, they'll come to me and they'll say, I don't understand something. I've been telling him that for, you know, the last eight years and you tell him once and he listens. It's because I'm not his dad. I said, it's oh, a yeah. big difference. Big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, it just, it, sometimes it's even saying the exact same words, but a lot of times yeah. it's just saying the same thing a different way. But um, yeah, just it's it's a whole different it's a whole different dynamic. There was times where my son would say would the same exact thing. Where but but coming from my son, it was like, oh, the coach told me about doing X Y Z. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've told you, <laughs> I've told you that so many times. <laughs> like you know, ready to pull my hair out. So um, you know, we we see that type of thing. So you've got you've got that aspect of parents, and then uh, you know, other ways that parents can add into the either enjoyment or the drama when it comes to travel ball. Yeah. I mean, first of all, travel ball is just not for everyone, but the parents make it that way because, and I shouldn't even say because, because that's definitively what I should say is my feeling is what's that? One of the, one of the contributions, you know, one one of the factors, one of the factors, there you go. That, that parents make it that way is because they, they, they feel like they're, they're left out and they don't want to be honest with themselves. There, there's never really a true assessment of the player. And again, put it, put it this way. If, because a lot of, a lot of the, the issues with travel baseball is that the coaches themselves are not necessarily trained coaches. Sometimes they're, you know, people with with very little experience. So they're not getting a true assessment of their player because the person that's trying to assess them really doesn't know, you know, where that kid fits. So, you know, like you said, he may be the second string shortstop on on a team. Nobody's really evaluating him. Mom and dad think that he should be the the first, the, the number one shortstop. And, you know, then they 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 take him and they go and start another travel team meanwhile like i said before if you keep doing that they're getting watered down and watered down right right and and again there's i i will always go back to saying there's some there's something to be said for that for just getting kids additional reps as long as they are still developing and it's not just all right i'm going to take this team and i'm going to play against that team that my son wasn't good enough to play for wasn't good enough to start for and (laughs) get your brains beat in and then you go, well, okay, I guess there's some lesson to be learned here, but it's not the one, not the one I was hoping for. Um, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and this is again, where I've been on, I've been on both sides of the fence. We'll say a literal fence of this as both a, a coach and as a parent, 
uh, with the kid playing and where I wasn't involved in the, in the coaching and decisions and whatnot. And it's, it can be tough. Uh, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, sometimes it's tough to explain to the spouse who doesn't know anywhere near as much of about the game as you do. Uh, well, I don't understand why he's not playing. Well, right. Was, you know, it's sometimes, and, and a lot of times it's, well, the coach is going to play the people that he feels gives them the best chance to play. Get true, hard-nosed, hardcore travel team. The coach is going to play yeah, the teams, the, the kids that give them the best chance to play. And right sure. now, our kid's not in. Well, I don't understand. There, That's not fair. There, there, There's a high school coach that I, I follow on Twitter. His name is Butch Chaffin. He... He's one of the best, in my opinion, he's one of the best coaches in the country. Just everything that I've read about him, um, everything that I've I've listened um, to him say, he is uh, taught me a lot of stuff just from listening to him. I can put it to you that way. Okay. So what what you just what, what you were just talking about is having that conversation with a parent. Now he always says that he's in that one percent of coaches that will actually entertain a conversation with a parent. I believe I'm in that same 1%. I will talk to parents about, about that, about playing time or, or any issues that they may have. However, if you come to me and you want to talk about it, you better be prepared because I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Um, I'm, the reason why your son is not getting, there's a reason for it. It, it. It's not that I want to pick on him or I don't like him or I don't like what color his shoes are. So there's, there's a conversation to be had there with parents to let them know what the level is, where they belong, why they're at that level. There's so many things I I could, I'm not going to get into it, but I could tell you many conversations I've had with parents and whenever they talk to me, by the way, whenever I I talk with a parent, I want the player there, not just me and a parent. I want the player there because the player is going to be more honest than the parent will be. And not the parents are dishonest. However, if if I say to a player, you know, um, well, listen, you know, you you're not working on your hitting. I can see what the parent will turn around. Well, he hits 500 balls a day. And I'll look at the player and I'll say, are you doing the drills that I told you to do at home? And the player will go, no, coach. So you see what I'm saying? You'll get that honesty. Right, right. It's it's and like I said, it's not saying that the parents are are lying. It's somewhat it's a it's a lack of information. And somewhat, it's a looking through rose-colored glasses of what their of what their kid is doing. Exactly. Yes, or not doing. Uh, there, there is that, and and with the with the drills, like oh, you know, he he's he's always he's always got a bat in his hand. He's always swinging. Okay, but is he doing it the way that he was taught to do it, or because for any kid, and and I don't know if you're talking about an eight-year-old, a thirteen-year-old, or even a seventeen-year-old, are they going to be disciplined enough if they're not being watched by either another player or the parent or the coach that their form is going to be correct every time. And right. You know, that type of thing. Right. And I, I tell my players all the time and it's the truth. If you have a, again, we'll use hitting as an example. If you have a swing flaw and I give you drills to work on at home, I'm going to know when you come back to practice, I'm going to know whether you did those drills or not. Because I could see it. So you're not going to, you're not going to fool me is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then, and then it could be, even if it's the whole, well, I spent the time. Okay. You spent the time, but 
It's just kind of the working harder, working smarter type of thing. You know, you spent the time, but what did you do during that time? Right. You know, and when I say working on it, I don't mean go and take 10 swings while you're at home. I mean, I always tell my players, if you're going to get 1% better every day, there's 1,440 minutes in every single day. So give me 15 minutes a day and that's your 1%. So if you do that every single day, then we're, we're making progress. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and, and you know, we're, we're getting a, a little off track here, but it really does still all go back to the same topic of what's going on with travel baseball. And that's one of those things where you say, you know, one of those other things for a lot of these teams, it's not just showing up on time the twice a week that you're doing something uh, with that travel once or twice a week, you're doing something with that travel team. It's also about that extra time that they need to put in on their own. And the, that's where the parents are going to really come into play and be like, okay, you know, listen, you you don't need to be an expert on uh, hitting mechanics, but if I can, if, if I can show your player this and he can show it to you, or you're watching practice while I'm showing it to him, you should still be able to reinforce that or videotape me as I'm showing it to the, to the child. And then you can go back and watch it on your phone and say, okay, this is what you need to do. That's, those are things that you can jump in and help. And, and a lot of times that's, you know, it's certainly, it's, it, I don't think that a lot of the parents don't understand that type of involvement and commitment that's, that's going to be needed again at those higher level exactly. programs. That we're but even about. Dave, even, 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 you know, with, with younger kids, because what you just said is, is so important when I'm when I'm done with a player, whether it be giving them a lesson or actually working in a team practice environment, if a kid has an issue, I always sit with the parent and explain what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and why he needs to do this. Now, and I also tell the parents, don't push him to do it. He has to want it. If he does it, great. If he doesn't, then he's got to live with it. That's you know that that's mm-hmm. on him. So. The, the, the idea, and we've spoke about this before, that parents have to be involved to a certain degree. All right. There has to be a boundary where, where they know right. they can't cross. Absolutely. But the parents have to be involved. It's their child that you're trying to help. And they need to know why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's stuff where, and if the, the more involved that they can be at that level, then it's the less of the rest of the drama that we that we would see. I, I, I have to believe that. So the things where like the parents being mad at the coach because the kid's not playing or the kid's not playing the position that they think that they should play, or they're not in the batting order in the spot that they think that they should be. Um, right. You know, if the parents are a little bit more involved at that upfront part, then they have a little more realism as they're watching right. what happens. And I, I, I wish, I, I think what you're talking about when you were talking about that you're, you're open to parents coming and speaking to you and being prepared and I would hope it would be of a situation where, you know, what we're looking for in those cases is not, hey, he should be the shortstop. Why is he not sure? He should be playing. How come he's not playing? Now, it could be, hey, what, is, what does Jimmy need to do to get on the field? I'll have, exactly. those conversations. I'll, I'll have that conversation every day. I would love to have that conversation. Yeah. But, but, uh, but Dave, if they approach you the way you just mentioned, you have to turn it around into that. This is what he needs to do. You, you understand right. what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. As a coach, you can't get you can't get defensive on the first on the first shot. Otherwise, you know that relationship is just doomed. Right, right, right. So yes, there there is definitely a a skill and an art 
I think, to turning those types of conversations around. And it's a lot of it is just simply, okay, here's what I'm seeing. You know, here's what you're seeing. Here's what I'm seeing. Okay. And, and let's talk about how we can get to, we, we can get uh, the, the, the player into those, into those positions. Uh, but, you know, cutting down on that, I don't even want to say cutting down on that parent drama, but just it, it's been such a, a big part of what's going on with, with travel ball. I mean, with any, I think with any type of sports it does, but it gets accelerated with travel because it's a pay for play. Right. So I'm, pay, I'm paying the same, the, the, the player who's only playing two innings in the field, every other game is paying the same amount as the kid who never sits on, on some of these teams. Uh, so, you know, what am I getting, what am I getting for my money? And that's going to cause the resentment to build up and the distrust of the coach to build up. And then you get the lack of respect and that relationship just, just sours down. And then the kids see that. Right. We all know that parent issues in youth baseball are vast and they're very complex. So let's talk about where to kind of, where do we go from here? Right. So I think the first step. Coaching the coaches. Right? Oh, here we go. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I mean, that's again, it's, it's it's the core foundation of of our show, basically, and and what we like to what we like to talk about. Um, and you know, if we had those baselines like we talked about earlier, in terms of basic uh, knowledge and um, uh, just general coaching acumen from doing some of these courses and. Uh, doing the um, the USA baseball program, you know, that alone is going to help to get us moving in the right direction. Um, it, it, having some kind of governing body, like we've talked about that uh, teams would need to register with. And unfortunately, again, this is going to boil down to, I think the almighty dollar, because it's going to be up to the tournament directors and the league directors, these Sunday league directors to start to implement some of these things. And it's one of those things where you got to see the forest through the trees. In the long run, it's only going to help them because they are going to have better run teams and better informed people. Uh, it'll make their jobs easier. But in the short term, it could hit their wallet a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you bring up coaching the coaches and, and you know that this is another subject that I know we did the first episode on it. But I believe that there is just so much more that we did not cover in that that we we can cover moving forward so what i'm going to do is i'm going to touch on a few things but i don't want to spend a lot of time on it because again i think that down the road we could probably you know even bring in a couple of coaches to to jump on with us and discuss this at at, at greater detail but one of the things that that i i heard not that long ago that that really really impressed me it just it it, it made me think Everybody's an expert. Everybody's an expert in baseball. Everybody will tell you how to instruct kids, how to hit, how to pitch, how to do this. They know the rules. They know this. They know that. Um, I don't find that to be the case. And again, that was said, whoever said it, and I don't remember who it was, was said it sarcastically and said it, uh, you know, in jest that everybody's an expert. Oh yeah, and and I'll just just to jump in because it, it probably boils down to especially for people our age, which is probably the big chunk of of youth coaching right now. We all played, like right. everybody played for at least a couple of years, so that right. gives you that 
quote unquote expertise. You know, <laughs> even if even if you never made it out of Little League, at least you played for a couple of years. So you have some in your head, you have some foundation for it. And that's where things can go off the rails very quickly because of how much has changed over the last 30, 20, 30, 40 years. Right. Which is again something that you had mentioned in one of the earlier episodes that yes, things do change. So in order to be an effective coach, you have to change with the times. You have to stay on top of new means, new methods um, as a coach. And I've, you know, I've, I've been coaching for, for a decent amount of time. I mean, there's guys obviously have been doing a lot longer than me. And when I speak to somebody that, that, that any coach, I, I shouldn't even say anybody's been doing it longer than me. You could be coaching for two years. I'm going to listen to you. All right. Because I believe that I still don't know enough. I, I could get much better as a coach. And I think that the, the, the that, and that's why that, that phrase in, impacted me so much was because I don't think that anybody really is an ex. Well, I shouldn't say that. No, because there are guys that are experts, but there's always something more that everybody who coaches this game can learn. There's always something to learn. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you're not going into it with that mentality, then you need to get off the field. Uh, I mean, that, that's I'll, I'll have that conversation. And there's, especially with, um, we see it a lot in high schools where the coaches are there forever, right? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, just, just eons. And sometimes that's a good thing and, and sometimes not so good. Uh, right. So because you have to be able to change with the times, you have to be able to look at new methodologies and uh, sometimes the rules change and you have to be able to adapt to that as well. And it can't just always be, well, this is the way I've always done it. But sure. when we're talking about, um, you know, experts, one of the things expert today doesn't have anything to do with tomorrow because then right. something else comes, something else comes out <laughs> that you need to learn. So yes, I, I 100%, you always have to be open to learning new things. And hey, right before we started recording the show, you and I had a conversation about something I saw from one of my first games that I really, really didn't like that a player had done. And just from talking it out with you and you're like, well, that's actually is what we encourage our players to do. And hey, you know what? I'm not saying I'm going to jump right in 100% and agree with it, but it's making me take a step back and go, okay, maybe, maybe I'm off base here. Let me, let me take a look at this. Right. It's making it's it's at least making you think. It's opening up that conversation that, right. you know, hey, there's something. Let me look at it from a different angle. Yeah. As long as there's a line of logic there, I'm open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, the, the, the other thing that we could talk about as far as with travel ball that and I see this all the time, just because a coach is, is a paid coach. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's number one, a good coach, because let's face it, there are guys at the very highest level (laughs) that everybody, you know, everybody could argue this guy is, you know, the the manager of XYZ major league baseball team. And he's an idiot. Okay. So it doesn't mean that he's good just because he's paid. Absolutely. Absolutely. My Phillies have been burning through coaches the last couple of years. <laughs> like it's going out of style. Uh, we, we think we got one now, but, uh, you know, time will tell. Right. Right. And, you know, as a, as a, as a coach, as a paid coach, cause I, I'll, I'm a paid coach, you know, with my travel organization. Um, and I always tell my parents this in the parent meeting, 
is that if there's a football game on Sunday, what's everybody talking about Monday morning? They're saying this idiot did that. Can you believe that he punted in that, you know, and this? And I said, listen, you guys all do that to guys who are being paid millions upon millions of dollars to do what they do. So I'm not stupid enough to think that you're not doing it to me because you're doing it to me. (laughs) Just I, I always tell them, just do me a favor. Talk amongst yourselves. Beat me up all you want. Just don't do it in front of my players, please, because you're you're defeating the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of those big things we talk about. You know, how does this get better is, is, you know, you you can't be in the car on the way walking, you know, driving home from the game and just ripping the coach apart. You you just can't. And I I can tell you, there there were a couple of times that I had I've done it. I'm always going to be honest about this stuff. There was a couple of times I don't and I always prefaced it like, I'm sorry. But it was more, it was usually, it wasn't just like this was a stupid decision and it made us lose the game or things like that. It was more about usage of the kids and, and things like that. But I'd be like, listen, I, I'm not, I, you know, I like your coach, but I, I just, I want to say, I don't ever want to see you do that. Like so, something along those lines, that's, that's different, but you know that that's not the majority. A lot of it is just like, oh, I can't believe he pulled the pitcher when he pulled him, or I can't believe he left the pitcher in as long as he left him in. And, blah, 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 blah. and as that kid hears that over and over again, obviously it, it, it creates, uh, stirs up some distrust in his mind of what you as a coach are saying, and that's only going to go down a bad road. Yeah, I mean, and I, again, I'll give you another little quick story. And this actually, my son did it to me because last season, my son was my assistant coach with my travel team. So my, I don't remember the situation. My number four hitter comes up and I give him the, it had to be first and second with no outs. And my number four, and we needed, you know, we needed to move runners over. My number four hitter comes up and I had him bunt. And <laughs> after the inning, my son came over to me and he goes, are you out of your mind? <laughs> so I said, what? He said, you bunt your number four hitter? So I looked at him and I said, Vin, I said, he's 14. I said, he's not Alex Rodriguez. I said, I didn't think that out of Alex Rodriguez's hand. I said, I needed a bunt. Right. So right. you could imagine what the parents were saying. All right, <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. What the hell is going on? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's it, so, so the, the, the parent involvement, the parent uh, doing their kind of doing their, their research ahead of time and uh, making sure they're getting their, their kids into the right situation, which again, that's a whole show that I'm sure we'll do down the line. Uh, sure. But that's, that's a big first, that's a, one of the big early steps of, of, I, I don't want to say fixing travel ball, but eh, fixing travel ball. <laughs> that's, that's good to it. Uh, so we've got that. We've got, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, as we said, the organizations, uh, the, the tournaments and the leagues setting up some kind of boundaries and some kind of entry level requirements for coaches and for teams to get into there, uh, setting up divisions. Uh, so these kids are not just kind of wasting their time from both the good teams and the bad teams perspectives of wasting their time with just, you know, blowing, blowing teams out regularly and things like that, um, making kids hate the game. Obviously, that's that 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 we hate. Um, so yeah, we got into a pretty good discussion about the whole idea of no travel baseball until 13U versus uh, my your opinion versus my opinion of uh, it's okay in a limited, more than a limited capacity, and as as long as it's done smartly. I don't know if I just made up a word there, which wouldn't be too smart, but uh, <laughs> as as long as it's done. It's done in the right way. Again, uh, good intentions, but bad results sometimes when we start talking about that stuff. 
uh, your methodology would certainly eliminate the possibility of those of those bad results coming out. Uh, so there's there's different ways to tackle that. Uh, we could talk about uh, as far as solutions to the travel balls uh, issues and concerns that we have. Uh, setting up some kind of a national association, um, you know, require all coaches to be a member of this with those those uh, uh, stepping stones to getting into it. Uh, we know you and I are in Hudson Valley in New York. New York does not have a baseball association uh, for coaches. And it's something that I think we we both agree severely needed. So uh, that's one of the things. How do we how do we start one of those? How do we get that going? Is that something that's that's possible to do where we can get a good group of coaches together for brainstorming, uh, listening to each other, learning from each other and what's working right now, what's not working right now? Um, you know, can we require training of the coaches and organizations? Is that something that can go in? Again, that's where like the tournaments and the leagues are, would have to step in and say, hey, in order to sign up, here's what you're going to need. I'm going to need evidence of A, B and C. Uh, these are the things. These are the things that are you know, real, real solutions to getting travel ball to not only kind of clean its act up, and we can, even, it, it, to some way, expand it out uh, with better teams, better qual, better qualified coaches, better teams, more competitive games. And I think that's hopefully that's what we're all looking for is for those those competitive games. Those that's where it's really fun. Yeah, I mean, the competitive games and, and the development of the players um, has to, you know, well, the development of players has to be first and foremost. Then, you know, the competitive games, obviously, so that don't we follow. could see, right, so that we could see, you know, whether or not our process of developing these players is working, what we need to fix and just keep moving from there. You want the players playing together, playing against comparable competition. You don't want teams beating up each other. I mean, as far as you mentioned about, you know, the Baseball Coaches Association, I'm sh I was shocked that there is no New York uh, coaches, Baseball Coaches Association. So I would say that travel ball coaches, to help yourself, join the ABCA, which is the American Baseball Coaches Association. There's stuff there. there, there there's so much stuff there that you can learn from. Join USA Baseball Go to their website, register. There's there's tons of stuff that you can um, that that you can learn there. Um, the the brainstorming group, I I would love to be able to put that together and have a bunch of coaches to, you know, just sit and talk baseball with, and you know, learn from. Um, and as far as like all of the stuff, the brainstorming and the coaches association, please shoot us out an email at clearingthebases at gmail.com. Or hit us up on on Twitter at the CTB Show. Um, let's talk about it. Let's get that going. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So we'll wrap we'll wrap this up here. Uh, I, I think we talked about a lot of good topics and a lot of good um, a lot of good ideas. A lot of things that we pointed out that we do think uh, are are you know, somewhat easily easy to fix. And I think that uh, with with the right people coming together and the right attitudes. Then uh, we'll be able to get this uh, the travel ball, the world of travel baseball flowing in a much better place. Yeah, I agree. If we can get the, you know, get a bunch of people that are as passionate about it as you and I are, and I'm sure that they're out there, we can 
you know, maybe we can implement some of this stuff and get it on the path to where it should be. I mean, I, I, just real quick, I don't want, I want to, I know we're, we're running out of time, but I'll tell you yesterday, I had a high school game and the opposing coach, him and I were talking about baseball and it was just such a great conversation. I just can't imagine if you're passionate about the game, not wanting to have those type of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, there's, you know, there is um, kind of time and place for everything and, you know, our wives and families would love for us to cut down on this a little, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that is one of those situations. You know, we had a, we had a three hour game yesterday with a half hour bus ride home and we get in the parking lot and me and the coach just continued to talk, continued to talk about, uh, you know, what was going on. And it was like, all right, I, we, we have to get out of here. We, you know, we have to, for, have to force ourselves to get out. I'm sure a lot of you listening are in that same boat and uh, yeah, reach out to us. Reach out to us. Give us your comments. Give us your questions. Again, that's uh, clearingthebases at gmail.com is the email at the CTB show. Clearing the bases, CTB, at the CTB show on Twitter. Uh, love to hear from you. Love to interact with you guys. Thank you for all your support. We hope to keep this going and grow it and grow it. Uh, I'll leave off, as I always do, two things in life that we can control at all times, our effort and our attitude. Give me 100% effort. Positive mental attitude, PMA, good things will follow. Coach, final thoughts? I just want to, again, it seems like I'm doing this at the end of every show, but I just want to echo what Dave just said. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. We, um, we're, we're getting a, a, a ton of traction here, and it's, it's really good to see. You know, let's keep it together. Let's keep our thoughts together, talk to each other, see if we can make something good happen. And I'll leave you with my closing remarks. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you on the next show.